gracious hosts, unique lodging, and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico, and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Glen Radio's second Thursday New Mexico show, where we get to talk about travel, food, events, and, of course, lodgings. And we do this with innkeepers who belong to the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association. So it's all about staying in authentic lodgings, uh, meeting the innkeepers and their staff, uh, having a really personalized, intimate experience in the places that you go when you travel New Mexico. So to plan your trip to New Mexico, the land of the uh, land of enchantment, it is one of the most beautiful states. Go to the website nmbba.org stands for New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association. So we do this every second Thursday. So stay tuned at bigblendradio.com. So today we're going to go to New, uh, northern New Mexico, and we're going to go to two bed and breakfasts that are outside of Santa Fe, so a little bit on the remote side, and they've both been on the show before, but today we're going to really talk about what their inns are like, what what the, uh, you know, what does it feel like to experience and stay there, and what there is to see and do. So we're going to start off with Tom and Carolyn Colfi. Uh, they own and run the Grand Hacienda which is at Abiquiu Lake. And I don't even know if I'm saying this correctly. I've got to see if my pronunciation is correct. Um, this again is outside of uh, Santa Fe. In fact, they were on the front cover of our recent Quality of Life magazine, which you can see if you go to blendradioandtv.com. But I encourage you to go to their website. It is thegrandhacienda.com. So welcome back, Carolyn. How are you? Well, I am great, and thanks for having us again, and also thanks for featuring us on that cover. We appreciate it. Well, how could we not? It was such a cool picture. I mean, who does it? A quality of life painting with that amazing view being outdoors and nature. I mean, come on. I think I think it was the epitome of it, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like that, I, the only thing was missing was a glass of wine. That's all I'm saying. Well, we have that too. <laughs> In fact, oh, we are one of the few bed and breakfasts in New Mexico that actually has a liquor license. So um, happy hours are an important part of the experience. So, But I'll tell you a little bit about the Grand Hacienda. So we're a boutique inn. Um, we have only three suites. So it's a very intimate, private experience when you stay with us. Um, we are about two years old. Um, Tom and I built this whole um, hacienda, a traditional, authentic hacienda. Um, so you have all the newest technologies, um, but a very authentic feel. And the hacienda is built on a mesa overlooking this incredible lake, Abiquiu Lake. And across from the lake are the red cliffs that George O'Keefe made famous and also Ghost Ranch. So mm. the land itself, you know, we like to say that we built the hacienda with the land rather than on the land. But really, the land itself is what makes this experience so incredibly special. Um, That's awesome. But when That's you awesome. add to that, there's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's awesome. I, I do want to bring up everybody, so we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around. I wanted to introduce Tom on the show, too. So welcome, Tom. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you. Good, good. I want to get to, and I also want to just bring Ernesto on. Ernesto also. Uh, Ernesto Quintero, he and his wife Renee own and run Casa Escondida in Chimayo, which Chimayo, uh-oh, here we go again, Ernesto. I'm never going to get it right uh, until we get there, see? And also they have innkeeper Kim Sanchez, but go to Casa Escondida.com. I want to say Escondido because I used to live in San Diego, but welcome back, Ernesto. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me back. I was looking forward to this. And Chamayo, Chamayo, would say it so uh, I can get well, it right. Chamayo. 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 Okay, so I wasn't too bad. But, okay, yeah, and too bad. and so Tom, I did get Abiquiu right. Is that is that did I do that good? <laughs> Abiquiu, you nailed it. Yeah. That, okay, that's, we got uh, hard it. to do the first time, but good job. It's you know it's it's well because I think it's something that's the thing about going to New Mexico is it's so. Um, you've got all these different um, turns from Spanish, Mexican heritage. And so it's something to really start and Native American culture, right? So it's very multicultural when you go to New Mexico. So 
it's easier to grasp the names once you go there. And that's, and that's the whole thing is everyone should go. I want to go back to you, Carolyn, um, you know, just in regards to, you were saying that you guys built this with the land and that's something, I think that's important. Tell us a little bit about that process of why you guys decided to even do this and, and move to New Mexico. Well, that is a long, crazy story. Tom and I both um, have careers in Wall Street, and so this was um, a big change. But I'm going to let Tom answer that because he actually found this land and discovered it, and he designed the hacienda wow, um, Tom. and was very involved in it. So this is the perfect question for him. Tom, yeah, tell, take it away. Tell us. Okay, and I, um, you know, I can best describe how we find found it as uh, as George O'Keefe, uh, George O'Keefe said, and this is right immersed right in Georgia O'Keefe land, um, where our grand hacienda is, is often uh, the area that she painted, which would be uh, right at the the base of Paternal, and um, it 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 was wasn't too difficult to find. I think it found us, and oh. uh, the first time we laid eyes on it. Um, brought the whole family back the very next day, and then we we made our first land purchase there uh, two days later. It wasn't really about uh, 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 talking about if it was right. We just knew it was right, and Ooh. so it took us a while to get there. And uh, with careers and and uh, Carol and I both had careers, and she actually did more traveling than I did. But it took us a while to get there, and then once uh, once we finally could. And we had the option to do it. Let's say, well, you know, let's go all in. Let's go out and uh, let's uh, do something we've never done before. Let's let's open up a bed and breakfast. Wow. And so you designed the actual, you know, the lodgings themselves. So, you know, how did you, what was that process like to actually build it? Because I, and I want to get to Ernesto too, about him and his wife, you know, taking over Casa Escondido, because a lot of times that is a circumstance. A lot of inns are, people coming in and falling in love with the area, that gut instinct that you you belong there, but it's normally like a historic place or something. There's that story, but you guys go in and like, hey, we're going to build this. What is that process like? Because I don't know, everybody trying to get things done right now are going like, I can't even get my kitchen remodeled. Like, what are you talking about? You <laughs> built a whole B&B, you know? It's a hacienda. It's not just a B&B. This is like a, an estate. <laughs> It is, and uh, and it had a lot of lot of one-offs to it, and so we became very involved. We were fortunate enough to have a um, to have a general contractor who let us be become very involved in the project, which was helpful. And we we believe that uh, when you're when you're remodeling a project or when you're coming to a, a, a project that that already exists you have some limitations on what you can do, but not when you're building from scratch. Um, it, it's completely open to you. So we were able to do like in, insulated floors and floor heat. And, and when I was in college, I used to, to run the greenhouse. And, and one, of the, one of the problems with greenhouses is they just get too hot. And so a lot of time and energy spent in cooling down greenhouses but we were able to, to find these ream heaters, these hybrid uh, water heaters that we put in our greenhouse that also cool down our greenhouse and heat our floor, heat our concrete floors at the same time. So there were a lot of one-offs here, you know, such as we're solar, uh, we, you know, the greenhouse and the gardens, we raise a lot of the food that we, uh, we serve to our guests. We, we do that right on premise. Um, a lot of that's because we, we want to, but other, you know, the other part is it's based on need. Um, as I mentioned just a little bit earlier before we started talking, we're 45 minutes from, from the nearest grocery store. And so we just, you know, you forget gallon of milk, you just can't go to the store to get it. And so we have to, we have to have a lot of the, uh, a lot of the items and foods that we, we serve and make available to our guests. We have to have those on premise. And so we do a lot of that. And wow. so with the greenhouse, we were able to, you know, I, we were kind of into searching for healthier ways to live, eco, more eco-friendly ways to live. And so we, we uh, reduced EMFs in, in, our, in our house. We were able to do that by, by keeping all the electrical cables away from bedrooms, by, uh, by utilizing low EMF technologies. Uh, and when we did have electrical cables, 
Um, we we are we um, encased those in metal to keep the EMFs down. And whenever we had uh, breaker boxes in rooms, we did the whole room in in aluminum to take those EMF wow. waves and push them out from the house. And so we're uh, we grounded our floors, and so that it, walking, you know, we encourage people to walk barefoot at the Grand Hacienda cool. because it gives you that same kind of feeling like walking on a beach. Uh, with the water where you get the ions flowing through your body. Earthing is kind of the concept that, that it's called. And it's we just tried to make it all in all just the healthiest place that we wanted to be. And that way it became the healthiest place that our, our guests got to come to also. That's really amazing when you talk about going barefoot. Um, that's such a big deal. I mean, as we all scurry around cities and things like that, we forget to take our shoes off. And I... I have friends that are barefoot hikers in New Mexico, oh, wow. by the way, they'll go out there, rattlesnakes, whatever, and do right. that. But because it's a, it's really about consciousness, you know, and um, being aware of where you are and slowing down. And I think that what you're saying is such a, that's such a huge deal to just be barefoot and be, um, you know, just be one with nature. I know as a, as a musician, when I performed, it was always barefoot because there was something like if I put shoes on, I'm going to fall down on stage. I don't know what, what <laughs> something's going to happen to me, but there was like a real <laughs> connection. I can't explain it, but it was always, you know, when, when I performed, it was always barefoot. And, you know, and, that's and a really I, good point. I, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And we, we so much agree with you and, and where we are is just, it's just deep and rich Native American history. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, it, it's it's one of the or maybe the only place that the Navajo settled actually settled and they were nomads. It settled for generations. I think five or six generations they settled in this area. It, it was just so appealing to them. And so they were such great stewards of the land that we also we took it upon ourselves to be great stewards of the land. And mm-hmm. like you were talking about going barefoot and how that just kind of just kind of anchored you and centered you and gave you balance uh, when you had that. We felt that completely at the Grand Hacienda also. That's, that's amazing. I, I love to hear that. I want to go to Ernesto over in Chimayo. I want to go there because it's just such a cool name. Uh, over at Casa Escondida. Um, Ernesto, tell us a little bit about the history of your inn because um, it just is so beautiful. It's got that adobe feel that you don't, you know, just it, that is New Mexico. I know some of the Southwest adopts that in, but it is so New Mexico. What was it that, you know, led you and your wife to say, hey, we're in, this is, we need to do this. And, you know, that, was it the land? Was it the actual building? I mean, I know you're into food and and you've been in the restaurant world for a while. So um, that's a good second nature thing, but there's something magic, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting story. Um, my wife and I actually found Casa Escondida, gosh, uh, probably uh, maybe like 20 years ago, 23 years ago. And um, we found it just kind of accidentally. We, we wanted to maybe stay there as guests. We were, um, I think I mentioned last time we were on, my, uh, one side of my wife's family is all from um, Albuquerque is where they all live now. Um, and so we've been visiting um, from California and we wanted to take a trip north and we were going to the Santuario. And um, when we were there, I mean, Timayo is a very small town. So there's not a lot in the town uh, in terms of like, you know, lodging and that kind of thing. And so we had stumbled across Casa Sandida and we didn't end up being able to stay in the same pattern, but we sort of were like, wow, like, I mean, kind of, about Chimayo in general. Uh, it's a, like, you know, n- not unlike what Tom was saying, you know, the land itself in Chimayo is very special. And I think there's a lot that you can read about it historically. And, and um, I mean, both the Santuario and, and sort of just sort of the lore of, you know, how the red chili that is grown in Chimayo is, you know, sort of world renowned in the sense that the earth itself is very special there and what it produces. Um, so anyway, we, we really fell in love with the area and over the course of the next literally like, you know, 15, 20 years, we sort of kept saying, oh, we need to stay there. We need to stay there. And it just timing, it just never worked out. Either her, the room we wanted was booked or whatever it was, but it was always sort of in our minds as something we wanted to do. And 
And then uh, I may have mentioned this last time, but it was, we'd kind of had this like fantasy of maybe opening up DMV at some point in our life. And so it was always just kind of on my radar. And we were actually in Hawaii. It was my 50th birthday. And I was, um, I just happened to open my email and I was on a list that the, the, the main picture that came up was Casa Escondida. And that's when we first found out it was up for sale. And um, we pretty much immediately contacted the, um, the broker and, and, and went on a, an almost year journey uh, to become the new owners. And um, we we're actually only the third owners of Casa Escondida. So originally, so it's six acres and um, you know, eight, eight um, distinct rooms. And um, it was originally a family home. And uh, one of the rooms, which is our casita, uh, used to be uh, the woman of the house was a weaver, which I think maybe a lot of you would know that Chimayo is very famous for weaving. And so this family, this was one of the things that the woman did. And anyway, it was later turned into what we call the casita, which is our largest sort of uh, private little room. It's outside of the main house, and it's it's really adorable. It has its own kiva fireplace and whatnot. And but in terms of the history of it, you know, it was originally a family home, and then um, there was the when the family sold it, there was a woman who bought it and turned it into a B and B. I think she stayed actually for maybe eight years, and and then the next a buyer, which is the woman we purchased it from, um, who was Belinda, she was there gosh twenty years. Um, and ran it as Casa Escondida for 20 years. So we're, we're very new, uh, as, as you know. Uh, we just took over last February. And, um, but, you know, it was, um, I think it had been calling to us for a long time. And then it really just sort of felt like it fit. And it was interesting when all was said and done and Belinda and I were sitting across each other at the kitchen table when she was originally doing the training for us. Mm. And it was just me and her for the day. And and um, we were, I said, I, I, I know how much you love this place. I mean, as a small business owner for many years, I, I could just feel the love she had for it. And, and, um, and I said, you know, it, it, like I was saying, I, I know it, it took you a while to, to um, she said, well, it took me, I knew it was time to retire, but it took me a while to kind of get here. And I said, you know, she said, you know, many fell apart. I joked uh, with her that she'd been waiting for me. <laughs> and, um, and so that's, that's kind of how, how it happened. And yeah, I mean, we, we feel so lucky is the truth. I mean, it, I, you know, I think um, similarly to what Tom was saying, I, I think for us, we feel like we are sort of the new caretakers is really the way we think of it. Um, you know, that, that Casa Escondida is kind of its own beautiful, amazing thing. And we're just lucky to be the ones there right now trying to take it to the next, you know, level of, of where it's going to go one interesting thing ab about the place is that there's this we call it the quote-unquote unfinished structure uh there's a structure that's on the six acres uh and what we were told is that the one of the sons of the family was an adobe builder himself and he um he started to build a structure at some point and then for whatever reason he stopped and when they moved it was just sort of there so now it's been sitting there, you know, for like 30 years. And we had a contractor come out and look at it and to tell us, you know, kind of what, what the, you know, what, where, where was it at, you know, after mm -hmm. sitting there for this long, they said, oh my God, it's like actually in incredible condition. <laughs> and, um, and they felt really impressed, you know, that, that this young person had, you know, been building this. And so anyway, our, our long-term plan there is we do, um, we do elopements as, as part of, um, you know, what you can do in terms of experiencing Casa Escondida. And our plan is to, to finish the unfinished structure, but leave it as an sort of open air um, space and be able to do slightly bigger weddings and, you know, let people be able to do um, retreats and stuff like that. What we find that people are really wanting when they come to Casa Escondida um, is really the sort of unplugging element um, and, and to relax. I mean, I think there's mm -hmm. something about way they can see the stars and the land itself and it just sort of you know helps them decompress a little bit which I think all, all of us um, out in the world beyond these beautiful little towns know the desire to decompress right mm -hmm. I think that's the thing about bed and breakfast number one you don't have to go search for breakfast somewhere you don't have to make right. it and it's part of the experience and there's something just 
it's like I think with with both your properties having that um you know that just outside of the area kind of thing <laughs> you know you're in unincorporated lands yeah. that's got its own yeah. mystique for people just seeking some solace and I want to go to you yeah. Carolyn when you think about um you know tell us a little bit about the rooms what I mean just think about when people are booking what they're looking for um, the type of guests that come, comes and stays and, and what their experience is like. What are the rooms like? Um, breakfast included. Um, where do they go for dinner? Because I know you're out in, out in, the, in the nature land. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. So, you know, first I'll say we have the same experience our guests do where they show up and they have a list of a hundred things they want to do. There's so many things to do in the Abiquiu area and mm. they all, you know, I give them a list in advance. They know what they want to do and they come with all these plans and then they walk in and they see the lake and the red cliffs and they don't want to leave the property. And so their, <laughs> their trip often changes where they just start kind of, we, we call it renewing your soul or recharging your soul becomes almost more important than going to Ghost Ranch or doing the river wave. Um, so we mm. have that same kind of experience. But we have three suites, and all of them are incredibly private and incredibly different. Um, but they all have common features. Um, you know, we opened two weeks before COVID hit. And so oh, the wow. planning we had done was so perfect for that environment because everyone has their own private entrance from um, the common courtyard so there's no you know hallways they have to walk through or you know joint spaces everyone has their own private outdoor portal or you know new mexico word for patio Um, they all have their own private chimney of fire pots so everybody has you know brand new spa showers and king size beds and great linens and fabulous views from every window fabulous views so when our guests come here it you know, we we're kind of in an artist colony, and yet hiking is so incredible. So we get a lot of people who want to do outdoors or want to follow George O'Keefe for kind of walk in her footsteps. Um, and then we get a lot of people who just want to grab a yoga mat and relax and watch the stars at night and enjoy a fun culinary experience. Um, you had said you'd asked about breakfast. Well, our breakfast every morning is a three-course gourmet breakfast. And as Tom had mentioned, we use a lot of vegetables and herbs that we grow on site. That's so cool. And if we can't, yeah, and it's really it's really um, a fun way to experiment with different herbs and different types of foods. And if we can't grow it, then we next go to our local farmers and farmers markets, and even to the farmers markets in Santa Fe. Um, but breakfast is an incredible experience for everyone. And then, you know, we have a kitchen for our guests to use. So they're welcome to cook for lunch or dinner. Um, we also have four or five good restaurants in Abiquiu. That is an option for everyone. And then we also can bring catered meals in, um, which is probably at this point, about 80% of our guests prefer to just stay on site and have meals catered in. So there are options in the village though, and the village is, you know, a 15, 20 minute drive. Um, oh, that's not too bad. So food, yeah. yeah, food is a big part of um, the experience for sure. And I imagine it's um, similar mm. with all B&Bs yeah. in, in New Mexico. I think that is the, you know, New Mexico. I mean, it's, you know, that's the thing about, you know, showcasing the Southwest. There's definitely different you know things that are grown I know Ernesto you were on the show talking about food last time and it really is a big deal you know so uh, tell us one breakfast dish you know give us like an example of one you know three-course meal uh, that we can have Carolyn at the Grand Hacienda so that people can start drooling (laughs) all right well you know we might start with um, sourdough bread with a perfectly cooked egg um, on avocado toast as a starter. Um, One of our famous dishes is um, a blue corn pineapple pancake where the pancake is made around blue corn and then there's a homemade coconut sauce that's drizzled on top of that. And then for a third course, it could be um, a root vegetable omelet with goat cheese and um, potatoes 
and, um, you know, maybe a side of fruit. So it's, it's nobody leaves hungry. Oh, and then, you know, Tom does these, Tom makes homemade sausage. So we always have different kind of flavors of sausage or um, glazed bacon. And I should probably let Tom talk a little bit about his sausage because he's kind of known for it. Ooh, Tom, tell us. We do a, uh, thank you. We do a, uh, a sausage tower. And so, um, you know, our breakfasts have just evolved and they still keep evolving. You know, Carolyn was talking about the, the pineapple pancake and that, that probably went through about 12 iterations and now we got it right. And, and <laughs> it, it can all stop here because it, it, you know, this is what we're going to stay with. And so we do, we do three different sausages. We call them on a sausage tower and we, our, our top sausage is a, is a, the, and these are all uh, a homemade. And, and one of the things that we do is we also, we, we put out a little bit too much food because we know that, you know, some people aren't going to like sausage or some people aren't going you know, to like an omelet. And so people kind of get to pick and choose throughout the course of the meal in the morning of, of what, you know, what enters them and what doesn't. And so with our sausage, we have uh, the, the tops the one on the top of our tower is a, is a maple cinnamon apple sausage. Oh. And then we have the one right below that is is a is a jalapeno cilantro white onion sausage. Oh. So and it, it comes with a little bit of kick. Um, some people love it, and and you know how it is in New Mexico. It's either too hot or not hot <laughs> enough, and we can be talking right. about the same sausage, you know. <laughs> and then our our uh, the bottom one is our house sausage, which is is, is a fennel, pear, sage. Uh, sausage with a little bit of sprinkling of uh, red pepper flakes in it. And so that, you know, that, that that's one type of meat we do. Then we'll do bacon a couple different ways, uh, usually roast in the oven, but we'll do a peppered bacon or we'll do a, a lacquered bacon. And, uh, and so we, we like to go through and, you know, one of the more difficult parts is sometimes we'll have people stay for uh, a week or longer at the Grand Hacienda and Carolyn insists that we never repeat the same breakfast to the guest and and so uh and so she keeps us on our toes as far as being very uh, creative and inventive uh one of the yeah. things that we do that i just that want to say the sausage tower the sausage yeah. tower is inventive and you should have been on our we had a four hour sausage day radio show for oh, national wow. sausage day <laughs> two parts that's i should say two links we celebrated sausage day and it came from friends who have a bed and breakfast in Asheville, the lion and the rose and because they sing sausage day because their dogs downstairs in the innkeeper's quarters here at sausage day and they know they get the leftovers oh so it started this whole show and we're going to do it again next year because we talked to sausage makers, uh, boudin makers in Louisiana. We went to England. I mean, we got South Africa. We had sausage, a global sausage day celebration. Wow. And everybody's like, well, we have to do it again. And of course, you know, we got naughty with it too, because it's sausage. So anyway, it was a very fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was fun. Um, but we had a very fun time. So uh, Tom, since you have an entire sausage tower, we are calling you for sausage day next year, which is usually the October 1st, everyone. So um, stay tuned for that. We're, you're going to have to talk about sausage towers because I don't know anybody else who has a sausage tower and that's pretty darn cool. <laughs> so <I'm> just saying. <laughs> that, thank you. And that, that sounds absolutely lovely and not so much to get about the opportunity to talk about, you know, what we do. But to learn from other great chefs, you know, Carolyn and I like to go out to eat and, and just and, and, and be inspired yeah. by what we see other great chefs doing. And to be able to be part of that show, just to hear what other great chefs are doing. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we had chefs. We had a five-star chef, Ivan Flowers. We had a, a Jeremy Manley over. Knee. I mean, Julian, it's just like the chefs. And that's the thing. Does that change for you as innkeepers that when you go out? Does, now, is your eating experience different? Because now you're like, ooh, can I take this and do something, you know, that goes with that for the B&B? Does your eating experience and even lodging experience change as innkeepers? That's an interesting thing to think about for you guys. So, Tom, you want to answer that on the on the sausage tower or anything else you guys are cooking? <laughs> well, yeah, I can tell you how kind of how our dishes come about is 
is we, um, uh, Jose Andres uh, has a restaurant, The Bazaar in South Beach, and mm. he's just a great awesome. soul anyway. But oh my we, gosh, we he's love insanely his, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we love his creativeness, his inventiveness. And so when we were there, we, we got some, some mussels um, that, were, that were with, uh, with real hickory smoke with the mussels in, in a dome. And, it, and it's like, we can do that. And so we don't do mussels, but we do ham. And so we, we, we take ham. And, and so this is, you know, borrowed, not, not stolen, but borrowed from Jose because it does, you know, it's in different places. But we take ham and we, we put real hickory smoke in with our ham. And then, you know, we, we let that process for about half an hour before we serve to our guests. Then when we get to our guests, we give that to them j- just like Jose did with their own dome filled hickory smoke. And, and so, you know, those types of ideas that we're always looking to, to borrow or to change a little bit from other, other chefs that we see and make them part of our presentation. And so Hickory Smoked Ham is something that we also do at the Grand Hacienda. Wow, that's so cool. Okay, Ernesto, I know your background. You've got restaurants in your background. So tell us about the food side. I know we talked about this before, but give everyone a refresher. What happens at Casa Escondida and has it changed for you going from restaurant to innkeeping serving breakfast? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's very, I think it's really different. Um, well, this is such a little environment, you know what I mean? Like with eight rooms. And so you do, you know, the intimacy is, is, is really different. Um, and we've been having a good time, you know, exploring with what we can do with what's around. I mean, that's been really different for us because, you know, coming from California, we were so spoiled is the truth, right? I mean, what we had access to year round um, in terms of fruits and vegetables is just, it's just, you know, California is kind of lucky that way, I guess. Um, and so we've been, you know, kind of figuring that out. We, we uh, I think I mentioned this last time, but one thing that we, uh, Belinda had done a, a, a chocolate bread that, um, you know, of course we got her recipes when we took over the place and, and then we met this family that's down the street that um, they grow their own red chili. And so what we did was we started experimenting with adding the red chili into our chocolate bread and making this sort of sweet and savory bread. Um, and I think Tom is exactly right. Everything is either too spicy or not spicy enough. And it, and it can really change. You know, we'd have six rooms. And three of the table, you know, three of the, the of the rooms think everything's too spicy and three of the rooms think everything is not spicy enough. So we, we try to kind of hit a medium area and then have, you know, fresh green chili and whatnot that people can add on to make it hotter. Unless we know, you know, hey, these are get re- return guests and we kind of have little notes that say they like it really spicy or, you know, something like that. And, th- and then we try to cater to that. But that's been something fun. Um, that that we did and and this is the same gentleman actually who um made our brand new ristas that we hang on the um you know out in the porch area of um casa escondida so he's just right around the corner and one of the things that's been nice is that our guests who come when they you know compliment the red chilies will say well you know you can go around the corner and buy some from him and we had a lady come back um this was like a two months ago and she said okay uh, I blame you guys because now I have to go and buy another bag just to put my uh-huh. red chili in <laughs> that I'm going to yep. take back because she, where she's from, she can't get it at all. And she said, I'm just, you know, I love it. And I, I want it on everything. So, so that's been fun. And then I, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this last time, but we do a, we do a pozole is um, at least once a week. Um, that's one of the, one of the pieces that, we serve and it's been interesting because this our pozole definitely comes from a recipe that's just my own um and so it's it's a california version of in california the pozole is soup which is so we we do it as a soup which i know is a little different than the way new mexico normally does it but we've had really positive um feedback and and people really like it uh i have to i have to tell kim uh, she's the she's our full, the the she's my wife's cousin and she's also uh, our partner who's there all mm-hmm. the time, uh, but I have to tell her that she has a friend in Carolyn because she also is really strict about not wanting to repeat things when we have guests who stay for a long time, and See, so I I had to laugh when I heard Tom say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think 
our, our, all of our friends who do it, they're like, okay, we're going to have to change up this, this menu, you know, but that's, I think the fun part, it's creative. Oh yeah. You know, to yeah, do yeah. that. It's, and, it's really, and really yeah, fun. yeah. You, you get to do well, new know, things and, but it is a challenge. It's still a challenge. It is a challenge. It can be a challenge. Well, and one thing I was going to mention, we, we've, um, we've sort of had an interesting thing where one of the things we ask the guests, you know, when they're, when they're making their reservations is if they have any dietary you know, needs or restrictions. And it's been sort of interesting to see the amount of vegans and vegetarians and gluten-free people that we have, um, because it, it sounds like historically Casa Escondida didn't have as many, um, but we definitely are getting a, a really good, um, a good group of them. And so that's been, you know, fun to, you know, make sure that they're getting all the flavors and, you know, deliciousness, even though, you know, they don't have the meat products. And, so when one other thing I was going to mention is that we were really lucky. One of the photos, you'll see it later. Um, there's an artist who uh, did some, uh, started helping us out in the kitchen, like while she also is doing mm -hmm. her art on the side. And she happens to, we met her, um, she's, she's not our direct neighbor, but she doesn't live too far away. And she happens to have recently started her, she moved to Northern New Mexico and she has her own little um, homesteading. So she has a place called Crane Wife Farms. And, um, and so we didn't know about this until she was working with us and turned out that she had a bunch of chickens. And so whenever we can, we get to buy her fresh eggs, which of course mm. eggs are a big, a big of the breakfast. And so that's been fun for us, you know, learning, you know, how we can get red chili around the corner. And, you know, we do have, uh, you know, this connection where they have their own eggs and we can get those. And, but it has been, you know, uh, a learning curve because we didn't know the area super well. So we had to really, you know, try to figure out who to, who to get ingredients from. And, and, um, and we found and ourselves have to taste it, cook, cook, cook yeah. and taste. So sad. So yeah, sad. Yeah. yeah you, you bring up, you know, um, the area. And I think that's something we really want to delve into what people can see and do. I know there's a, there's that thing of like yeah you were, you were saying this you know, Carolyn about people get you know here's the list I've got to do all these things and I think travel is slowly changing that people are going you know I need to actually just relax a bit and have this experience and you know yeah. so they're they may change down to maybe a few things and do them well but everyone's different right everybody is different in how they want to do it but let's take a look at what people can do once they've checked in they've chilled out for the evening um what 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 are some of the things that people can do, Carolyn, out in the, the Abiquiu area? Of obviously Ghost Ranch, right? They can go there and do yeah, that. Ghost Ranch is a a huge one, and you know Ghost Ranch has incredible hiking. They have you know workshops and classes. Um, there's a ton of movies that have been filmed there, so they have movie tours. Mm -hmm. And of course, one of George O'Keefe's homes is located at Ghost Ranch, so there's a lot of um, O'Keefe tours. She did a lot of paintings there too. So that's definitely a big draw. Um, but George O'Keefe's home in the village, she had two homes in Abiquiu, a winter home and a summer home. Um, her home in the village where her studio and big gardens were, those you can tour. And so a ton, you know, everybody wants to see that. It's hard to get tickets. You want to get tickets the minute you know what your dates are so that you can be sure to take part in that. But a lot of the beauty is just kind of the geological landscape. Abiquiu is right where the Colorado Plateau and the Rio Grande Rift um, hit and intersected. Mm -hmm. So there's incredible mountains and um, valleys that have formed in the area. And so it's like a hiker's paradise. You could come for three months and hike a new and different amazing place um, every day. And a lot of those places you hike um, are kind of remains of um, Puebloan ruins and um, wow. you'll find pottery shards and you can find, you know, tools and implements that show their life there. It's so untouched, um, especially as you hike up like into sipping, you're on top of a mountain. It's just the evidence of the life um, of the Native wow. Americans who lived here before us is just still here. Um, and then finally, I would just say, you know, there's a lake and the river and there's fishing and, you know, you can bring your kayaks or canoes. You can actually bring a surfboard because now we have a riverway. 
um, or oh. a boogie board. So there's a lot of incredible things to do. And then you're going to surf the river. They're going to surf the river. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they do that um, in Colorado and uh, Arkansas. That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, and they're actually saying it's one of the best riverways in the Southwest now. So it's really? funny to be in the desert and then see some people pull up with you know surfboards on the roof of their car. That's um, so cool. But the thing that we love for people to make sure they carve out time for is just to be and to relax and to take in the land and the beauty and um, just make sure you have that time to recharge. Mm. And you've got a jacuzzi. I saw pictures of the jacuzzi that you can get in. <laughs> we do. And the Milky Way goes right over the top of you. No wow. way. So you can sit there with a glass of champagne and be all warm. You're, yes. You've gone out for a hike, been connecting with nature, come back, make yourself a charcuterie board and sit down in the little jacuzzi, feel all good, have champagne, and look at the Milky Way. Like, seriously, that yeah. could happen. Yeah, that's what happens. And so, so usually at least no. once or twice a week, Tom will lead, we'll pull out our telescope and show everybody. So you can actually see, you know, the Jupiter's moons. You can see the ring around Saturn. I mean, we have no see. light pollution. So the night oh, sky are huge. just incredible. That is so huge. I know even coming out of big cities, right? But uh, my thing is like, no, no, no. Why? Why am I not there yet? Yeah, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, you want to be everywhere, but it's like so that, you know, just to be able to chill out and have that connection with nature. I really believe, you know, we, we talk about climate change and all these issues that our world is facing, but the best way to start solving problems is to go out and connect with nature and be outdoors, see the magnificence, and understand, like what you're saying about no light pollution, that's a huge deal in our country uh, to, yeah. to really, uh, you know, not just our country, but I mean, you know, since we're talking about it in America, um, right. really to, to change it, because it does change even bird flight patterns, um, you oh, know, yeah. beneficial insects. I, I could, I mean, we've done shows on it and with, with experts who can really get in there, but to be able to, as a human being, witness these magical wonders that we have, that we can see, that is a beauty. And a lot of people in cities have never seen the Milky Way, never experienced how close those stars feel. Like you feel more connected in the universe when you experience it, especially if you have a glass of champagne and you're sitting in a jacuzzi. <laughs> Just Absolutely. <laughs> just saying that's really cool that you do that too tom to get people to do that do you do you find people haven't done that for a while maybe they did it when they were a kid but haven't looked through a telescope and kind of get that little sense of excitement again when they do that yeah a couple of things that are, a couple of things that are pretty cool about that is that you hear so many people and and that a lot of our guests let's be frank haven't seen a middle school textbook in a very long time yeah, and yeah. they're 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 looking they're looking and and seeing Saturn's Saturn's rings around Saturn. They said, "Oh my God, I haven't seen anything like that except in my science textbook." And and so it gets you know they get to to relive that again. But I you know to me probably the most amazing experience is and and everyone whether they you know want to see the planets or not. But at night you can be you can be laying down on your portal and they're private and you can have your own space there. And you can be looking up, and then you can you can see this cloud come over the sky, you know, as 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 it starts to darken up, and then you realize it's not a cloud. That's the Milky Way. That's your galaxy Dude. that you're a part of. It That's is so, so cool. thick; it looks like there's a cloud over top of you, and then you understand that no, those are each individual stars. And you know, a lot of people um, that's transformative to a lot of people. And then they start to understand, and then maybe we can make some positive changes too. And that's that's this beauty. That's what I talk about with bed and breakfast being this immersive experience. And when you check into a bed and breakfast, the innkeepers and staff know the area. It can point you like, is this is this something you really want to do? Well, let me show you. Hey, this is something you may not find on Google. And that could be true, by the way, in New Mexico. <laughs> really, especially in northern New Mexico, fill your tanks. <laughs> you know, really, um, you may not um, always find, you know, there's just, there's hidden wonders. And I think that's part of the enchantment 
of New Mexico is to just get out there and explore. But Ernesto, let, let's talk about Chimeo. What are people doing mostly when they come to stay with you? Well, I, you know, I was going to just say quickly, just based on something Tom just said, we have this mm-hmm. room, it's called the Vista that's upstairs with a deck. And we had a family, this was not that long ago, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago, a month ago. Anyway, that was with, you know, some kids and, and the parents. And when they got there, you know, the, the mom had said to me, oh, you know, we were a little bit stressed out because, you know, the internet connection's not that strong and the kids are, you know, they're going to be really wanting to get on their tablets and whatnot, you know. And, um, and so we were like, oh, hopefully this isn't going to go poorly, right? And then the next morning <laughs> when I saw her breakfast, she said, you know, it was a very clear night and, and Chimayo has very strict um, lighting. I mean, they're, they're, you really can't have a lot of outside lighting for all of the things you guys are just talking about. And they, they really oh, want awesome. to preserve Guy, right and there's not a lot there so there's not a lot of light pollution and we're in the mountains and but anyway so she comes down for breakfast and she pulled me aside and she said my god you're not gonna believe this but one of my kids went out on the patio and then called for the other one and they just laid out there she's like and I you know they just wanted to look at the sky and and she said I couldn't believe it <laughs> like they weren't asking to look at the screens they were so mesmerized by the actual night sky and I thought, yeah, that's, that's really it, right? Like, when you can experience nature at its really truest, I think we're all more mesmerized than we would be at a screen. So, but anyway, uh, but yeah, it was a really, I think she was thrilled and the kids had a great time and we were relieved, you know, that nobody was upset about the internet. But, um, but yeah, in terms of Chimayo, I mean, we, you know, the lo- the very, very, very local stuff is that, you know, I think I mentioned we have, there are still lots of uh, families who have been there for generations upon generations upon generations who are weavers. And so there, there are some weaving shops where people can go in and actually watch the weaving happen and talk to the weavers and, and hear about, you know, a, a lot of times there's a story, you know, within the weaving itself, right? And so that's one of the pieces that, um, you know, that we notice that people love and that we've enjoyed and um, and then the santuario is like five minutes from us, and so there's a real well, even for people who aren't religious, I think there's you know a real calm beauty, and you get to see there's some little tiny 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 little shops that are kind of down this one little path when you're there, so you can get to meet some local artists, and that I think people really enjoy. Mm. Um, and then we happen to see. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people who, who find us, they pick it because we're sort of a really good home base, right? Because we're 30 minutes from Santa Fe, we're 45 minutes from Taos, about 45 minutes from Abiquiu. And so what we'll end up noticing is that the people who do want to kind of go out and do different things on different days, uh, that's what they'll do is they'll sort of say, well, we're going to go this direction this day. And so right now, um, I know we're noticing a lot of people, you know, they want to experience the snow, right? So we're, there's some snow for us, but not a lot yet. And but, they'll, but if they go, you know, up into the forest and up into Taos, they'll find much more snow. So that's one of the things that they're enjoying. And of course, Santa Fe is so beautiful this time of year with the lights and stuff. And so that's another thing we've noticed, particularly families with kids want to go and, and look at the lights down in the plaza. And then there's the people who are, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the plaza, but they, we were there for the lighting ceremony the day after Thanksgiving. And it was, people seem to be very excited about the holiday season coming. Um, and then there's, you know, the hot springs that aren't too far from us. And so that's another thing that we, we, uh, we have people tell us you know, even before they get there that they want to go do. Um, but, you know, I think, um, I think mostly we find that people are just relieved that they don't have the noise and they have the night sky and they can sort of have a little bit of peace. Um, and then another one thing that I have that I have uh, noticed recently that I've seen come up m- more um, is when you do the low road to Taos from us, uh, either on the way back or on the way there, there's a couple of uh, really cute wineries uh, and some of them are starting to do little uh, places where they're having food trucks come in and so that's been something that I've noticed that the guests are enjoying. Um, and we always tell people if they're doing the low road back, you know, there are these pullouts along the river 
and you know the families can just sit there and watch the river at you know mm. very close proximity and I think um you know for especially the young people seem to really love that you know to see something really up close and the river's flowing nicely and anyway so that th- those are a few things that we we've noticed that people want to do uh, that's an interesting that you talk about uh you know families and kids because a lot of bed and breakfast are kind of um more adult I know. than I know. than yes. kids yeah I'll, you know lisa i'll say i stereotype coming into this as not being someone who's you know, owned a BMB before was that mostly it was going to be adults and maybe even older adults. I think that was my, that was my stereotype of who was this guest going to be. And we've noticed, not that we don't have, you know, older retired people, because we certainly do, but we've noticed that we get a lot of um, sort of the younger couples who are very outdoorsy, who want to come to Northern New Mexico. And then we get a lot of people who travel with dogs because we have, you know, a a, a decent amount of our Mm -hmm. rooms, not all of them, but a are pet friendly so we get a lot of people who are coming through with their pets and they're going to go on hikes and walks and whatnot with their with their four-legged family members um and then and certainly i think maybe because we have a few rooms that can accommodate you know the four people we have seen much more than we would have thought uh people who are coming through with their children and we most recently had three different groups they weren't all together but there are three different groups and they're actually families who are doing homeschooling and they were specifically taking trips because whatever block they were doing around science and nature they wanted to go to the river they wanted to you know go to a hot springs and there were these very specific things that they were sort of teaching the kids and i thought that was really interesting to hear about it's changing. Travel is changing. Um, I want to go back to you, Carolyn, and Tom. Uh, Carolyn, maybe you answer this. Uh, with the Hacienda, the way it's designed, are you seeing family groups coming to you guys and booking as like the the whole Hacienda as a group? So that's a good question. We are adult only. We're a very kind of romantic um, kind of getaway. So we don't take children under 16 unless somebody books all three rooms and that happens Mm -hmm. all the time so we get a lot of um, family or family and friend groups that will come and book all three rooms and then they're welcome to bring um, children but if you're just taking one room we are um, kind of a a kid-free zone for someone's getaway um, we it's also yeah have everyone's noticed. different I think that's that's the beauty yeah. of B&Bs right because everyone's got a different yeah. experience I mean you can travel all of New Mexico to go to every single B&B uh, that is part of the New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association and each experience is going to be completely unique and you know you pick what goes with who you are right so uh, Carolyn oh, I think that's yeah. that's cool you know I mean for people who really you know Listen, we all know what it's like to be on the airplane with a kid next to you. Oh, <laughs> no, you know, actually, I feel like it's great information for me because I, I, you know, you guys are, I mean, you're not next door, but you're not, we, lots of our guests go to Abiquiu. And I feel like that would be really wonderful for me to share with the ones who would prefer, you know, the privacy or the, and the adult only element. So that's, I'm putting it down in my notes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for that. And we actually share you all the time. We, we love for people to go to Shamayo and you know, there's a great restaurant there and we, you know, oh, yeah. like the healing dirt. And so, you know, there's so many incredible places all around Northern New Mexico. And we find that our guests go from one location to the next. They may stay with us yeah. for three days. They may go to Taos for two, you know, two or three days to Santa Fe to Shamayo and people really get a full sense. And, each of us in this, in the New Mexico um, Better Breakfast Association are different. And that's what's so great is you can get a totally different experience at mm. each one of our bed and breakfast. Now, if I can, if I can ever get my wife to be willing to not have our son with us, I'm going to come book a night with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just but otherwise I have call. to wait for there to be a huge group of us. Oh, <laughs> or, or I have to wait uh, eight more years. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy, see what's happening. Oh boy. I I love it that you guys are, you know, these these just amazing experiences. I mean, it's again the these quality moments that we have when you travel 
um, it, it is something special. And, you know, so I, that's why I always say try to stay independent and uh, contact oh, yeah. the B&Bs. Uh, do you guys, uh, let's go to you too. first, Carolyn, do you guys prefer people to contact you first or go through the OTAs, the, um, you know, like bookings.com and Airbnb and stuff like that? Or do you prefer people to come to you directly? We always prefer for them to come to us directly. I mean, it doesn't matter to us, but it's cheaper for them to come to us directly. So, mm. you know, the OTAs and, you know, Airbnb and VRBO, booking, I believe booking, I mean, they charge booking fees, which, of course, we don't charge. And mm. we actually, um, it's the cheapest rate you're going to get is when you book with us directly because we're not paying a commission. So we just pass that on to our guests. And uh-huh. all of our repeat returning guests always get a discount as well. So they know if they want that discount, they know how to get mm-hmm. it. And that's just by emailing me or going on our website, um, which is just thegrandhacienda.com. And they can book right through there. And um, if they're a repeat guest, they'll get a discount. And if they're a first-time guest, they'll get the best price. So, Right on. What about for you, Ernesto, at Casa Escondida? Yeah, I mean, we obviously we're happy to take any guests that come along, however they get to us. <laughs> but um, but yes, our preference is that they go, you know, to our website or they call us. Uh, partly, exactly what Caroline said, that the price is the best price. I also feel like we we find that we can give them the best experience if we're able to, you know, connect with them ourselves because we can answer questions that they might not know even to to ask. Is the honest truth. Um, for instance, like the stuff I was saying about breakfast, right? Like we want everyone to be able to enjoy the food, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a big piece of, and so if we can talk to them and, and we do, you can do it through the website as well. Um, but if you went through a third party, you wouldn't be asked, right? So yeah. then we wouldn't know that you're allergic to garlic or I don't know what, you know, whatever the thing might be. Uh, so yeah, we, we love to talk to them. And I also think it gives us a chance when, when we do get to do that not only about the food, but we can sort of find out, like sometimes they'll, maybe they're looking at a room that they think is perfect for them. But when we ask a little bit of questions, we find out, for instance, you know, they'd prefer to be on the ground floor, but they actually picked, um, you know, uh, one of the rooms that are upstairs as an example, right? And then we'll, we, if we're talking to them, we can say, oh, you know, actually this one's ground floor, you wouldn't have to deal with the stairs, but you get all the things that you were looking for in the other room. Um, so whenever possible, we love for them to come to us directly. I love that too, because as a traveler, I, I, if you have a friend suddenly coming with you, you, you mm-hmm. want them to be near you in a room or maybe, you yeah. know, you want to do an addition, like say, oh, you know what, I'm traveling, you know, I travel with my mom and it's her birthday and I like, oh, you know, hey, can you add on like a champagne and chocolates or something? You right. can't do that through... Right those third parties and you can't do add-ons you can't bring extra people you can't book extra rooms right. unless right. you go through that or even the cancellation things right. a whole other don't don't even go right. we don't oh, want to yeah. go through that you know the third so, parties oh, so challenging well and the other thing you know I, I think that Carolyn mentioned that um you know for us we have we are very lucky to have uh, the Rancho de Chimayo, you know, down the street from us, and many of our guests want to eat there, and so when they call us directly, you know, we'll book a reservation for them um, to make sure they have a table, and we let them know what the hours are, because depending on the season, you know, they change things up a little bit, so yeah, I mean, I think we're, we love it when, when they call and or email us or go through the website so that we can, we can connect with them directly. Awesome, well, thank you all for joining us. I want to close with one thing, each of you give me one word so the audience knows one word that describes the experience at your bed and breakfast. Just one word. I know. Ha ha. <laughs> Just one word. So let's start with you, Carolyn. Ladies first. One word that describes the Grand Hacienda. Renewing. Ooh. See, now I feel like we should be playing like games now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get board games out. See, that's another thing you can do at bed and breakfast. You can read, you can play board games, you can make puzzles and all that kind of cozy goodness. I like that. That's a good word, Carolyn. Uh, Tom, what about you? One word for the Grand Hacienda. 
hard to hold me down to one word. Um, <laughs> Barefoot. Inspiring. <laughs> Ooh, I like that word. Inspiring. Mm, very good. Okay, so over at Casa Escondida, Ernesto, what is your word? I'm going to go with warmth. Oh, nice. That's nice. smart. It's winter. <laughs> That's really smart. <laughs> I love that. And, and so That's... Like, warmth in terms of heat, but I also mean warmth in terms of, you know, the connection with others. Yeah. Right? There's a, yeah. So I, I but, but I think it's, I, I, what I love, I mean, I, as a Californian, I fell in love with Northern New Mexico in the winter. Uh, because, you know, I grew up with no seasons, right, <laughs> in Southern California. So I love the winter in northern New Mexico. And there's something about that pinon in the air and the Kiva fireplaces and the crisp air. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of delightful. It's awesome. Everyone, casaescondida.com is the website for Ernesto's bed and breakfast with him and his wife, Renee. And also go to thegrandhacienda.com uh, to go stay in a Lake Abiquiu area and plan your trip for all these amazing experiences. We do this show every second Thursday. So you're going to hear about all these different bed and breakfasts in January. We're going to look at uh, where you can get married, hitched, eloped, uh, all those good things. <laughs> Whatever you want to do to unite, uh, we're going to be talking about that and talking with more bed and breakfast. So uh, go to this website, nmbba.org for New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association to stay tuned with that. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Gracious hosts, unique lodging and tasty cuisine. New Mexico bed and breakfasts are New Mexico true. Our innkeepers are as special as New Mexico and we're sharing their stories. Read about them and plan your trip at nmbba.org.